Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearson. So glad you tuned into the broadcast today. Let's pray together. We're going to get right into the Word of God. Father, we love you and we thank you for loving us. We worship you today in Jesus' name and we come boldly before your Word. We come boldly before your throne, your throne of grace, where we find all our mercy, we find help, we find grace in the time of need, and we thank you for it. Father, we come before your word today with eyes open, ready to see Jesus, ears open, ready to hear his voice, hearts open, ready to understand who we are in Jesus, who he is in us. And we thank you today for the gift of revelation, revelation knowledge that's just pouring forth and bringing change into our lives. And Father, we look to you today. We rest in your anointing, your anointing to minister this word, your anointing to receive this word. And we thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've got your Bibles with you today, I want you to go to the book of Psalms with me, chapter 63. We began a study on last week's broadcast talking about being in passionate pursuit of God, in, in, a, passionate, um, in a passionate pursuit of a relationship with Him. And, and if you missed last week's broadcast, really what we're doing is sort of piggybacking on the weeks leading up to it in a series that we ministered here on Legacy TV called Alive in the Vine. And it was all about maintaining that intimate place of constant communion with God, just staying, abiding in our relationship with Jesus, abiding in his word. And that word really just means to stay. To abide means stay. Just like you tell your dog to sit and to stay. And you think he's brilliant because he sits when you say sit and stays when you say stay. Well, you, you and I should be like half that brilliant when God just calls us into this abiding place and says, hey, just stay. Just sit a while and stay a while. And the reason we, our, our culture has um, cultivated this, got, got to get up and go, moving from one thing to another all the time. And it's this thing in us, it's, it's almost like it's inborn in the flesh that's just not satisfied with wherever you are right now. Just this desire, I wonder what's going on over there. I wonder what's going on over there. And when I was a young man, uh, just starting out in ministry and ministering to teenagers on a weekly basis. I remember sitting in my office at home, sitting down with my Bible and sitting there by the chair. I got a window right next to that chair and I'm gonna got my notebook out, my Bible, my pen. I'm gonna prepare my message for this Wednesday night service and I get it all out and I sort of glance outside and be like, wow, looks really nice outside. I think I'll go for a walk, you know? <laughs> and I just couldn't sit still and I'd get up and I'd go walk and come back in and sit down with my Bible and think, kind of hungry right now and get up and go make some lunch or something. And it was just this immaturity in me that's like got that thing that we all have where we just want to be going all the time. But you know what? There's a side of you and it's that spirit side of you and it's who you really are that's hungry for that abiding place in God where you just come into his presence and you sit when he says sit and you stay when he says stay. And you don't let anything pull you out of that abiding place in him. And we talked so much about that over the last several weeks of broadcast in that series, Alive in the Vine. And if you missed it, you've got to go back and get it. You can get it from pearsonsministries.com. You can get it from the Legacy Studios app. We've made it available a number of places because we want you to hear it. Because the result of abiding in God is you and I bearing fruit. And we want to bear fruit. 
We want there to be proof and evidence hanging off the branches of our lives, evidence to ourselves and evidence to the people around us. Hey, I know God and he knows me. He's involved in my life. He's helping me. Here's the proof of it. Salvation is fruit. Healing is fruit. Your prosperity and the abundance of God in your life, your peace, your joy, patience, all of these things, they're fruit. They're proof that you've come into an abiding place with him and you haven't let anything separate you. And as I was, like I said to you last week, preparing to move on from there, I really felt like the Lord was saying, you know, you're not quite done with that. And he led me to this place in Psalm 63. And here we've got such a picture of somebody who's in passionate pursuit of God, in passionate pursuit of a relationship with him. And the reason we bring these things up is because your faith is only as strong as your relationship with God. Your relationship with God and your faith, these things are inseparable. Faith works by love. In other words, faith works when you know how much you're loved. Because it's not just the mechanics of faith for healing, it's faith in the healer. It's faith in the one who loved you so much and gave himself for you. Why? Because he loved you. And it's your faith in that love that produces fruit, that produces evidence and results. Faith works by love and you can't separate these things. I like how Paul said it. I know in whom I have believed. I know him. I know him. He said, I know him. And it's possible to know a lot about him. It's possible to have memorized, even know a bunch of scripture, know the mechanics of faith, know the steps to this and the keys to that. But if those things are not infused with a living, genuine, authentic relationship with God, you're going to be frustrated in your faith like millions of other people going, why isn't this working? And he's going to say the same thing to you that I've heard him say to me, Jeremy, you're trying to bear fruit without abiding and it doesn't work. The same thing applies to you. You can't bear fruit without abiding in him. So when we talk in these terms of relationship and what it is to be passionately pursued and what it is to be the one passionately pursuing. It's this, it's this working together. It's you drawing near to him and him drawing near to you. And the more you do that in, in a very short amount of time, there's going to be a beautiful collision. You running into him and him running into you and you just being swallowed up in the love of God. But in this scripture, in this chapter of Psalm 63, we see an individual who is in passionate pursuit of God. Let's look at it again. We'll read several verses here, and then we'll go back through and, and sort of pick up where we left off last week. Psalm 63, verse 1, David said this, God, you are my God. We talked all last week about the significance of you claiming God as your own. There's a big difference there's a big difference between believing there's a God and you claiming him as your own. Hold your place right here. I feel like I need to show this to you from the scripture. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Behold, or look, set your eyes on this. What manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. He's saying, look at this. Set your eyes on this. You've never seen anything like it. 
what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called his children. I think it's the Amplified that says, he calls us his children and so we are. We are his children because he calls us his children. You know, God will never not claim you. I told you last week, as a parent, some of you may know this too, you got little kids and when they are acting nuts, when they are at their worst, when they're just hyped up on sugar and caffeine and going bonkers all over the house or in a store or in a restaurant, how tempting it is at times to not claim them. Wives, how tempted you are to look at your husband and say, that is your son or that is your daughter. How tempting it is at times to not claim them. Well, listen, no matter what kind of fool you've acted like, God will never not claim you. That's how much he loves you. But remember, this is a a two-way pursuit here. This here in 1 John 3 is what it looks like to be passionately pursued. Here in Psalm 63, verse 1, this is what it looks like to be the one passionately pursuing. David said, God, you're mine. I claim you. Even in living in a culture like you and I are in right now that is pressuring us to privatize our relationship with God. In other words, don't let that into the workplace. Don't let that belief system of yours spill out over into the secular society. There's gotta be some sort of separation They're trying to pressure us into distancing ourselves from God. Listen, if you love him, then David's words will be your words. God, you're mine. I claim you. And even if nobody else does, I still claim you. And it's it's a big difference between believing there's a God and claiming him as your own. Somebody who just says, yeah, I think there's a God. They're not in relationship with him. No, but the person who says, not only do I believe there's a God, I know him. I know him and he knows me. And check this out. I love him and he loves me. This is what it is to be in passionate pursuit. Let's keep going here. David said, God, you are my God. Notice this, early will I seek you. Early, I want you to underline or circle this word early. If it's where you can, write it down. I want you to make a note of this. Early will I seek you. The other translation of this translate that same word early. They translate it to earnestly or diligently. David's saying earnestly, diligently will I seek you. I want you to stop for a moment and ask yourself, what does that mean? What does that remind you of? Does that sound familiar when the scripture starts talking to you about diligently seeking God? Now, don't forget, we're connecting all this back to our faith, what it is to walk by faith and live by faith and talk by faith. Don't forget this now, because your faith is only as strong as your relationship with God. What, what, What did the book of Hebrews chapter 11 say? Turn there if you can. If you don't have a Bible, we're gonna put it on the screen for you. You can read it. Hebrews chapter 11, I know you've heard it before. Remember this out of verse six, this great faith chapter and this great faith verse. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God 
must believe two things, that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who do what? Diligently seek him. Is that not what David is saying right here? Early, earnestly, diligently, I am seeking you. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let me ask you something. Somebody who is diligently seeking something, anything, you name it. What is the only reward that would satisfy that search? That would satisfy that earnest, diligent search? The only reward that would satisfy it is if they find the thing they're looking for. I mean, if you're searching for something with this kind of intensity, you're not satisfied when you come across something else. Does that make sense to you? I mean, if you're searching for gold, you're not satisfied when you find more wood or dirt or clay or anything else. The only thing that satisfies a search like this one is when you find the thing you're searching for. And God said that he would reward those who diligently seek him. Well, what would be the reward for somebody who's diligently seeking God? What's the reward for that? The reward is God. The reward is God and more of him. Because that's the only thing that would satisfy this kind of heart search. You know, when David said early, and like we said, it also translates to earnestly or diligently, you know, you could put this word around it. This is the word I use, but I think it, it, it's appropriate. It's the word serious. David is saying here, I am seriously searching you. Seriously, David? Yeah, seriously. I am seriously in search of God, seriously seeking God. And the reason I bring this word serious up is because I don't want you to think somber or ang angry or serious as in no joy. Here's what I want you to think about it when it comes to seeking out the things of God. When he says early, earnestly, diligently, or like we're saying now, seriously, this is what I want you to think. You're not playing games. Seriously means I'm not messing around with this. I am not playing games with God. And again, we're talking about this in the context of relationship because your faith is only as strong as your relationship with God. So all of this that we're dealing with is designed to take your faith to new heights, new levels, stronger in your faith. But if you want to grow stronger in your faith, you're going to have to make the decision, I'm done playing games with God. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship with somebody before who just couldn't seem to get serious, or maybe they just couldn't get as serious about it as you were. But people are famous for playing games with each other in relationships, in so-called love or romantic relationships. People are famous for dragging each other along, having a pretense or a show of commitment only to not call you again for three weeks. You go on this great date, you have this great experience, you think you make this wonderful emotional connection, and then ladies, you don't hear from him again for two and a half, three weeks, and out of the blue, he calls you wants to get together. So you go out and 
there's Mr. Charming again and Mr. Romantic and looking deep in your eyes and saying all the right things and then he disappears again for a few weeks at a time. What's this guy's deal? What's he doing? He's playing games with you. He's playing games with you. In other words, he's not serious about you. And girls are just as famous for doing this to guys, men and women. And I imagine it translates into every language and into every culture. People in relationships not being serious with one another, playing games with each other. And there's a word that's used right now in our culture that a lot of people label their relationships with, and it's the word casual. I was meditating on this last night. You think about how many different people are in a casual thing with each other. Casual. What's that mean? Well, it's not serious. It's casual. It's casual. Uh, We're not really committed to each other. I'm going to tell you something. There is something seriously wrong with casual. God's not into it. You want to try to play casual with other people? It's a casual relationship. A, a, I'm going to be bold and say it. People labeling a sex life as something that's just casual. Hey, listen to me. There's nothing casual about that. That is intimacy. And it was a gift from God one to be protected, one to be guarded. And the word casual should not be within a thousand miles of that kind of relationship. Because in our pursuit of God, there must be nothing casual about it. I'm encouraging you today, stop playing games with God. Stop being this weekend thing with him where you come into his presence and it's wonderful and you say all these beautiful things to him and you sing songs to him and you say amen and you shout out loud and and you have this show of really being into him only to just disappear again for a few days or a few weeks. And then you show back up and you're like, hey, great to see you again. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And then you disappear again. Ladies, gentlemen, you're playing games with God. You're toying with his heart. And the word casual should not be anywhere near our relationship with him. There should be a level of intimacy with him that we never retreat from. Always pressing in more. I take you back to what he said to me years ago. And I hear him say it consistently over and over now. Jeremy, press in. Press into me. What's he saying? There's more. There's a deeper place in my word and in my presence that I long for you to go, but you haven't gone there yet. Press into me. Press into my word. You know, the scripture says that deep calls unto deep. Sarah and I were talking about this one day together. She'd probably be, (laughs) she's going to laugh at me for bringing this up. I'm going to preach her message to you for a second. But we were talking about that scripture, deep calling calling unto deep. We're saying, what do you think that really means? And we got to talking about it with each other. And you know, if you've ever read somebody's story or maybe even met somebody who's got that, that explorer spirit in them, 
that adventurous spirit, somebody who just likes to explore. Sarah is a lot like that. There have been times when we've been, I don't know, looking at houses or looking at property and we'll be driving along and she'll be like, ooh, I wonder what's down that road. Go down that road. I'm like, babe, it's got a gate. She's like, yeah, but it doesn't look locked. I'm like, sweetheart, there is a sign that says no trespassing. And she's like, well, come on, let's just go. I wonder what's down that road. And she's got this adventurous spirit to her. I wonder what's down that road. I tease her about it all the time now. I want, that's like her motto. Sarah needs a t-shirt that says, I wonder what's down that road. And we're driving now. I say, hey, I wonder what's down that road. And I say, I'm, I'm being like you, babe. I'm more like you. And people who have that adventurous spirit that curiosity, that, that sense of exploration, adventure, and they press. You think about people who have, at, at different points in history, people who have dived, dived, dove, divin, gone down deep into the ocean and, and gone to depths that nobody's ever been to before. And they set new records and they went just to see what was at that depth. They come back up and everybody celebrates it. And they, man, you went deeper than anybody's ever been. And as excited as that person probably is about it, I guarantee you, you know what they're saying? You know what they're thinking? Yeah, but I wonder what's deeper. I wonder what's just a little deeper than that. And I think that's what that means. Deep is calling unto deep. And you go to a deep place in your relationship with God and you see things in him you've never seen before. You hear him say things, you get revelation from his word, and you think to yourself, I've never seen that before. I've never even heard anybody say that before. You know what? If you stay with that, as satisfying as it is, as rewarding as it is, you stick with it, there is that explorer spirit that's going to come out of you and say, man, I wonder what's deeper. I wonder where I'd go if I just pressed even a little further into God. You, listen, we're getting all of this out of this word early, earnestly, diligently. And in the closing moments of this broadcast, I want you to make this commitment that you see here from David. I want you to make the same commitment and say it out loud. Say, God, I'm done playing games with you. I'm done stringing you along. I'm committed to you. Just say it, Father. I want to be in a serious relationship with you. And he will passionately pursue you. But the greatest reward comes when in return, you begin to passionately pursue him. Stop playing games with God. No more casual relationship with God. You press into him. He'll press into you. You'll see things you've never seen. You'll hear things you've never heard and you'll come out and break the surface of the water and say, I wonder what's deeper. And there'll be a heart and a hunger in you to press even deeper. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.